Hello and welcome to the Language of Play. We are in part four of the series, Why Won't the Kids Listen? And we're here we are unpacking several factors that influence a child's ability to do as told. After each episode, you have known exactly what to try with your child on the specific topic that we were talking about in that day. Today's topic is how to build listening skills in our kiddos. So grab your notebook where you have been taking notes so you can add to your arsenal of ideas along with your favorite beverage and a cozy blanket. Today, I will mention many ideas briefly, so warm up those hands to take some notes. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling that you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I'm a mom, grandma, and speech language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you'll find solutions to get kids to listen better and build family connection, to feel confident in managing difficult behaviors and help your kids build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. Sam writes, a must listen for parents and gives five stars. Thank you, Sam. As she writes, Dina Lynn is a breath of fresh air with practical tips, encouragement, and real-life parents sharing their stories. Anyone with typical or neurodivergent kiddos should give this a listen today. From Sam from the Abundant Woman Collective. Thank you, Sam. I sure appreciate your input, and I'm glad you're finding it helpful. I want to thank all of you that have contacted me regarding the coaching for March and the big discounts that I have in March. Um, and March is almost done as I'm recording this. Um, we just have two days. So if you also want to take advantage of the massive March discount, email me at hello at the language of play. I'm always amazed at the absolute power of language. Language has the capacity to build up relationships or tear them apart. With that knowledge that language has that much power, we can utilize that information in our parenting to help us bring our kids along to gain the skills and the capabilities that we want them to have. In the first of this series, we talked about getting our kids' attention and some of the things that get in the way of that. In the second part, which is episode 29, we talked about processing information that we hear. In episode 30, we talked about difficulties in processing. And now we're going to talk about ways that we can build listening skills. And remember, listening is a skill. It is not something that we just expect that our kids know how to do, but we learn how to listen. And our kids didn't come knowing how to listen. They heard things but they needed to process, and they needed guidance, and then eventually they start to hear, and then through that processing is listening. Do think of it as listening is a skill. 
Now, I've linked in the show notes below all the episodes that that are in this series, so I hope that you go back and indulge in those so that you can grab any of the tips and tricks that you missed. Let's get started. How is it that we can build listening skills? I'm going to talk about four basic ways. In the first way, have your children deliver messages. We know that those messages are going to be messy, but it is a way for them to repeat what somebody else says. It gives them a chance to hear a message and have to repeat a sentence, repeat a phrase, and of course, if they're very little, they're repeating words. As your child becomes able, delivering messages is a fantastic way to give them the capabilities of shorter sentences, longer sentences, narratives, whole stories. And this, is, of course, is a life skill. And when they do it wrong, it is a great opportunity to laugh together at, oh, this is what I meant. And it's also a way for you to have an opportunity to see what they're missing. Is it that the sentence was too long? Is it that they didn't understand some of the words? Is it the tone? Is it that they were afraid? I mean, there's so many different things that it could be. So first way that we can build our listening skills in our kids is give them a task that requires listening. And that first task I'll suggest is to deliver messages. Oh, and pro tip here, have the receiver of the messages know that it's practice so that they check in with you before they actually believe that message and act on it. (laughs) So the second thing is with your kiddos, play and say rhyming games alliteration games, play with syllables, and rhythm of words. Now what that is, rhyming of course is like cat, hat, bat, rat. The ending chunk of the word is the same, and the first sound is changed. It teaches our kids the sound chunks that go with reading and learning to read. You can get the vowel consonant up, at, in, any of those kind of chunks, and just keep changing the beginning letter. Now, as your child gets older, you can make those words longer. Alliteration. That would be when the first sound stays the same and the rest of the word changes. Again, this teaches our children to notice and to to hear those changes in sounds and start to play with them. So an alliteration might be Betty bought her, bought a bit of better butter and put it in her batter and made her batter better. Or Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. We've heard these tongue twisters. Oftentimes, tongue twisters are alliteration. Syllable play. That would be clapping to the syllables of words, identifying how many syllables there are in words. Syllables helps our children in reading, spelling, and in learning to hear other languages and the rhythms of those languages. So syllable play, rhythms of words. Now, in American English, we have our language built on sort of a 4-4 time. We have a rhythm to the sound of our language. Some languages are built on clicks and others are built on emphasis. And, you know, like different languages are built differently. When we learn the rhythm of the words, sometimes we can, like, understand what somebody said even though we might not have exactly heard what they said, because we know the rhythm and the potential. This helps also when somebody's going to be playing with music and, and putting songs to words and being able to sing. And 
so many parts of life will be will come out of playing with the rhythm of words. Dr. Seuss is a good example of rhythm of words. Many of our poems have rhythms within. So number two was rhyming, alliteration, syllable play, and rhythms of words. Now for the third one, identifying and talking about the multiple meanings that words have. This is vocabulary, to talk about the vocabulary, because sometimes our children hear a word and they simply don't know that word, so they skip over it and they try to listen to the rest of what you said, discounting the words or word that they don't know. In English, we have many words that are multiple meaning words. And if we say a word that they know in a context that they don't know, that confusion is enough to let them drop that part of the sentence and they try to make meaning of the rest. If you haven't given enough context in the rest of the sentence, they may have full intention to do what it is that you want, but they're not capable of, of following through because it didn't make sense. So if we help our kids identify, oh, you said a word I didn't know. What does that word mean? Not uncommon, it might be a word that you think that they do know, such as air. And maybe you're talking about somebody having an error on their math page and somebody else is breathing air. Now, those aren't spelled the same, but they sure sound the same to kids. And maybe somebody else is referring to their Nike Air shoes and they're calling them their airs. It is so tricky. And we can also say air as in Somebody got something in an inheritance. There are many misunderstandings that our children have because of the multi-meanings that English contains for so many of our words, and they sound the same. So when it is that we're teaching our children to listen well, we need to teach them the context of the sentence, and we also need to help them identify what it was that they didn't understand and be confident to ask about it. So if they do ask about it, celebrate that they recognized that they didn't know that thing. Rejoice over giving it to them. So that was number three, identifying and talking about multiple meaning words and vocabulary. And number four, riddles, puns and absurdities. Riddles are so fun for our children. Simple riddles that play with language, such as, how many months of the year have 28 days? And the answer, all of them. Every month has at least 28 days. So then you start talking about the concept of at least. Or the riddle, what has hands and a face but can't hold anything or smile? Answers a clock. And you can talk about how the clock's face is the front, and that's another meaning of the word face. The riddle, it belongs to you, but your friends use it more. What is it? your name. And by this time, your children and you should be laughing together. And there are so many. And if you need some riddle ideas, just Google it. So let's switch to puns. Let's say this pun. A book just fell on my head. I only have my shelf to blame. And you get to talk about the language of my shelf. Sounds like myself. But the book actually did fall off a shelf and it was my shelf. And you have to, for some of our kiddos, we explain the humor. And what's really funny is that when we have to explain jokes to an adult, it like loses the humor. 
But for children, when you explain the humor to them, all of a sudden they'll bust out laughing, and then we can laugh with them. Here's another pun. Did you hear the joke about the little mountain? It's hilarious. So there you go. You get a sound of a word in another word. Where do rats go when they have a cavity? The rodentist. And that was given by a boy age nine. And here's a last one that I'll do. I'm great friends with 25 letters of the alphabet. I don't know why. Again, you'll talk about what does the language mean? Why is it funny? And you and your kids will have a fabulously great time playing together. The last thing is absurdities in this category. And I want to bring up something that you can even do if your child is one. And that would be like, take that famous brown bear, brown bear, what do you see book? And as you thumb through it from brown bear and you flip the page and you see that red bird, call it a blue bird and watch your child laugh and see if they can correct you. And then when you see the yellow duck, call it a yellow horse and mix up the colors and the animals in ways that don't make sense and eventually your kiddo will start to laugh. And I should say, if your one-year-old is close to two, then they will start to laugh at this. If they're a young one-year-old, they might just be confused. Those are the four tactical things that you can do right now that are going to help you help your child to learn to listen, to identify with the language, to grab a hold of that language and play with it and twist it and bend it, and to use it to connect your heart to theirs because you will have time to play and laugh and have joy together. So here they are again. One, have them deliver messages. They're repeating short sentences and phrases. Two, play rhyming games, alliteration, syllables, and rhythm within words. Three, identifying and talking about multiple meaning words and vocabulary. And four, talk through and play with riddles, puns, and absurd things, such as naming something what it isn't. And enjoy. That would be the last part. If I was to add a fifth piece, I would say enjoy. So after this episode, I hope you join your child for a good belly laugh. Play with your language. Laugh at it. Discover how language, it can be confusing. It can be funny. And it can be joyful all at the same time. Allow your conversation to create wonder that you can share. And in doing so, the amazingness of your child's brain and the ability for them to learn can leave you in awe. May the joy of that connect you both in joyful wonder. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.